0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Fanatomy Podcast. Um, I am Adrian Ash, and I run the shit show around here. So thanks for tuning in, and thanks for your support. Um, Today on the show, we got Stephanie Byrne from the band Cheap Perfume. And uh, this one was an awesome episode. I was so happy to talk to my friend Stephanie about Taylor Swift, turns out. Um, I really wasn't expecting such like, you know, a mainstream pick from a punk band. But like, we actually dove into that and unpacked that in this episode. And it was a really, really cool interview, um, where we just kind of dissected a lot of reasons why we're so hesitant to pay attention to more mainstream artists and give new sort of forms of music a chance. But Anyway, this one was, uh, it was a lot of fun to do. Me and Stephanie are really good friends and we go way back. So it was nice to just like catch up and talk about things. And our episode of the green room for, uh, Stephanie was really cool too. And, uh, it was, it was really nice to just like get to reminisce about some stuff. So, um, please consider subscribing to our Patreon if you haven't already. And, uh, you'll get access to the green room, which is our bonus content show. Um, I do want to give a couple quick plugs uh, because Stephanie specifically requested that I mention them, and uh, basically they they just put out two new songs. One of them is called No Men, and I just listened to it, and it fucking slaps, so so good. And uh, there, the the stick out line for me is uh, I'll wear a dress and combat boots to the revolution, and that's just so rad, right? And then they also put out a cover of TKO by La Tigre that I listened to. And it just, the recording was amazing. And it just like sounded so big and huge. And it was really awesome to to hear that cover. So make sure and check those out. Check out Cheap Perfume. Follow them everywhere on your socials. Um, And if you wouldn't mind, please follow Fanatomy Podcast everywhere that you have social media. And we do. And uh, with that out of the way, I'm going to get off of this microphone and jump right into this interview conversation with Stephanie Byrne from the kick-ass, all-inclusive Riot Girl Band Cheap Perfume. Oh, and we're live. Holy shit, man. <laughs> <Right on. laughs> All right. Well, hey. Uh uh it's uh what today is it fucking Saturday? I don't know. It's all the same day, one continuous looping day. How are you doing on this overcast day?
1: Um <laughs> uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you?
0: You know, I'm I'm good cuz you know, I I told you I was going to listen to a, uh, a Taylor Swift record before, before we had this chat, and I did. And uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed that experience. I had like, you know, I do my, my coffee ritual, like my, my ritual of like my coffee cigarette, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, like if they, if they could just give me a cigarette with some like caffeine and coffee flavor in it, I'd be set. But for now, Ooh. it's just like a coffee and cigarette thing.
1: I feel like that could get a little dangerous, though. <laughs> yeah. i never If that's the case
0: yeah it's like it'd be like sparks or like uh like four loco back in the day
1: right <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you ever did you ever have like uh like a four loco and just like stay out all night and you know i don't know th- those things were were scary i never tried it, but did you ever have a four loco
1: no i was uh <laughs> i was never into that world um a guy i was dating and his uh bandmates were for a little bit but um i stayed away i wasn't cool enough Wasn't loco enough.
0: Yeah. For loco. If you wanna if you wanna feel like you can do anything but just a little bit sloppy, I guess that was the message they were trying to send.
1: (laughs) That's a great slogan. Maybe also have a heart attack while you do it. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now we just do vodka Red Bulls and we're like, wow, weren't those people crazy? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. It's definitely not the two pots of coffee I slam in the day mixed with the alcohol at night. No way.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, listen to me talking about like vodka red bulls as if I wasn't just talking about having a coffee and a cigarette at the same time. <laughs> oh man. You know,
1: we're just we're not loco enough, but we're, you know, we're a little loco, just a tiny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's, it's a good vibe, but you know, you, you got to wake up in the morning, but like I got to cancel out the 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 like wake up chemicals with the like slowly poisoning my body chemicals.
1: Yeah, of course. What you else know? is
0: there? Yeah, I mean, you know, l o l punk rock t m right,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not self sabotaging then what are we doing
0: yeah yeah i like to i like to uh you know like capitalize every first letter you know to emphasize that things are a thing you know mm-hmm. like when people are acting like that, it's sort of like air quotes yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I spend way too much time on the internet. It's uh it's cool to to talk to real people. It's rad to have a show because I'm reminding myself that other humans exist and uh the world is not just like my office area that we're in right now.
1: Yeah, I understand completely. I uh I live alone with my dog and um there are some weekends or weeks even that I just don't see a single other human and that can get a little weird. So it's very good to see your face and I'm very happy to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw your um I saw your like story about getting to see your folks for the first time in a few months and like there were pictures of the doggo and stuff and I was just like, Yes, yes, cute dogs, and this is wholesome content. I'm here for this.
1: Yeah, with their matching shoes. Um, My dad's 77 and my mom is 68. So they're within the age range that uh, we have all decided as kids to stay away from them um, just to be safe and uh, mm-hmm. preserve them. So um, I just had to pick something up and it was the first time in five months. I mean, it's just crazy how time is going by so slow yet so fast at the, at the same point.
0: It's It's so true. Like we're coming up on a year, like a year of this bullshit a year of like zoom calls and like all that you know i I was talking to johnny earlier about how zoom is kind of like kleenex now like we just use zoom interchangeably with like a you know a web calling service or (coughs) any stuff like that it's like you know same with like q-tip it's just weird (laughs) how that stuff happens but it's it's like we do everything over zoom which is synonymous with just like talking to people on the internet
1: Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah i'm uh i never have to do a video meeting again once this is all said and done i will be very happy with that
0: okay well that was the fanatomy podcast and uh thank you everyone for tuning in my guest was Stephanie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i am not with you like this but i want i want to see people irl
0: yeah yeah for sure so uh <laughs> speaking of seeing people irl i think um you know, I, I wish I, I, I look forward to when we can all do that again. But, um, you know, for now, what we have are the memories of what we have done and where we have been. And uh, your band and my band have played a lot of shows together. Oh,
1: so many shows. I miss it so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of want to talk a little bit about you and Cheap Perfume.
1: Yeah. Um, I like all things cheesy like reality tv and pop music um but i am in a band called cheap perfume uh cheap perfume is a punk band um most of us are from colorado springs one member is from denver Uh, we like to talk about serious things that can even sometimes be hard to talk about um but we additionally really like to throw a little satire in and um, make talking about miserable things a little bit less miserable as often as we can. Um, yeah, that's about it. I have a dog. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your dog's name?
1: Her name is Rourke.
0: That's that's so rad. I love Rourke.
1: She's a good pup. I just <laughs> I just rescued her on Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah, we 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 appreciate the doggos in the house. We can't have one because our apartment people are like have two kitties and i was like okay fine we'll get two kitties and then we went and adopted a cat and they were like this cat is an only cat and if you get another cat there will soon only be one cat oh my gosh (laughs) they were like this you know you should name this cat highlander
1: (laughs) so not only do we set out um you know forth in our music careers trying to rip faces but then you also got a cat that enjoys ripping faces
0: yeah well, just just other cat faces apparently <laughs> like, yeah like apparently she's just very cat aggressive, and so she can't like hang out with any other cats, um, but she makes up for that by hanging out with the humans all the time constantly. Okay. <laughs> it's wonderful sometimes mm-hmm. um but she she had this she has this habit of like running up and um any anytime i'm like doing the podcast and uh forgetting you know when i forget to like kick her out of the room she'll like she'll notice that i am talking and obviously i am talking to her because i'm talking to like a microphone and a camera and stuff so she has to be involved um and until she is involved she'll stand there and scream at me that she's there and announce her presence for people <laughs> she's a really sweet cat though she's just very i
1: mean how could you even consider spending time with anybody else when you could spend time with the cat Mm -hmm. i mean middle child syndrome right there
0: yeah it's definitely a thing that I thought about when I was just, like, living in my old place alone. Like, I really want to get a cat, but I don't know. Cats are a responsibility. And then I moved in with Nova, and we got a place together. And we lived here for, like, maybe a couple weeks before they were like, can we get a kitty? <laughs> and we just, we we had to. Um. Well... Thank you for coming on the show. It's it's really rad to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: We can edit some of this stuff out, but like, Johnny Johnny hit me up and was like, "Hey, so what's this person's name?" and I was like, "Uh, well, their first name is Stephanie. Um, I don't really know what they want to go by right now cuz they're kind of going through some stuff." So like, you know, I figured I would just let you say what you want me to call you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really like Stephanie for now. Um, think that, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still growing and that Stephanie still at least feels like it fits. Um, and maybe that's not forever, but for now it is.
0: Okay. So I like, think- um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, like no pronoun preference that I remember.
1: Nope. Um, Any pronouns all right with me
0: cool yeah cuz i know you're just kind of trying some shit out and i love that and that's that's always f- like a weird but fun stage of your life where you're just kind of experimenting with stuff like that
1: yeah i think you know um you gave me really some of the best advice which is just to not rush myself into putting a label on anything um but that i you know i think that going down this road and being able to be authentically myself for the very first time, it feels nice just to kind of play around and see what makes me feel the most like me every day. Um, and so sometimes that's definitely a lot more masculine and sometimes that's a lot more feminine and sometimes it's neither. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a fun learning process.
0: Right on. Well, I'm stoked that you're just deciding to straight up dive into that because, um, you know, if there, was, if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time to just like do some deep exploration, you know, we've talked about that a, a bunch on this show already. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of what everyone's doing, you know, like people are diving into some parts of themselves that they've never explored before and, and seeing what they find. And, you know, it's, um, it's not always, it's definitely not easy and it's not always pretty, but you know, there's, there's a lot of really important stuff that everyone seems to be digging up right now. And I think that's cool.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think what a better way to understand maybe what's not working for you or where you are harmful or where you could just use some growing in general um, than spending all your time with yourself, which is what a lot of us are having to do these days is, uh, yeah, a lot of self-reflection. You can't really run away when you're just stuck there. Um, and it's harder to hide it, for sure, because there's not uh, public events and outings that we can be going to, to distract ourselves with. So. It's so, uh, certainly a good time for re- some reflection.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, m- people like me and you—we're used to just like, <laughs> we're me and you are gonna go down to Surfside Seven in Fort Collins. And we're gonna drink like four PBRs. minimum (laughs) and and then we're gonna smoke a bunch of cigarettes and we're gonna talk a bunch of shit with a bunch of people and probably like either see or play and or play a punk show and you know we're just gonna run from all the shit that we don't need to work on that we need to work on but we don't want to
1: yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) let me just hide behind this facade of being this like tough baddie punk person i don't have feelings what are those
0: yeah, those are what flaws? Like, right. what is that? I don't even know how to even just tell myself that I'm, you know, I have flaws. Like, what are you talking about? Punk rock. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but I mean, you know, I bet that some really cool music um, from both of our bands and then from a lot of our friends too are going to come out of this time of reflection and growth. So, that is certainly exciting as well
0: yeah yeah like i'm i'm really stoked to see what everyone's doing because like i've been trading demos with friends here and there and um you know just the stuff that everyone's making everyone seems to be working on their magnum opus right now Mm -hmm. either either that or you know like you're putting out a like four or five song ep like pup and just calling it this place sucks ass
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love that so much (laughs) yeah Oh, yeah, I mean, a lot of bands that have been underground for a long time or broken up or even, you know, getting back together. And um, I know Muscle Beach is working on some new stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, yes. Yeah, I guess uh, most most friends that I have are are doing something. And I am grateful that we can cling on to our creativity um, and have that carry us through this really confusing time when we don't know when we're going to get to do the things that we love again.
0: Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, I, I swear to fucking God, if if I hear the phrase in these uncertain times and one more commercial trying to sell me something right. like I'm just going to throw something at my TV.
1: <laughs> don't throw things at your TV in this no. uncertain time.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't like to throw and break things in general just because that's like silly and uh i don't know sometimes it feels good but just like throwing things because i'm angry instead of just like processing why i'm angry feels like something i would do in my early 20s oh, that <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to talk about why this pisses me off i just want to mosh <laughs> i
1: mean it's it's the punk in you
0: yeah but the most punk thing i've ever done is is like get a therapist and and like get sober and like try to figure my shit out even if i'm not sober right now and i don't have a therapist right now like that's the most punk shit you can do is like take care of yourself and advocate for the safety of and and protection of yourself and those you love you know
1: yeah absolutely um and you know i mean the the fact that you know and you acknowledge is really great um and yeah therapy is one of the best tools i've ever given myself um therapy is what has helped me grow so far past so much of my traumas and Therapy helped me realize my gender identity and I am just so grateful for having the ability to grow and learn.
0: Yeah, and that's that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Um... It's. It seems like, you know, the path of the aging punk, you know, is like, if you make it past 21, you've already done something right. Or, you know, I mean, because a lot of us die before we even get there. A lot of us have the goal to die before we get there.
1: Yeah, that seems to be a little bit of a theme. <laughs>
0: Yeah, or at least twenty seven. God forbid, you know. I mean, like, if you're a musician and you don't die when you're twenty seven, like, did you even do anything that mattered? Right. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I was just thinking about that. We got past the cursed twenty seven, and I guess now we actually got to like do stuff.
0: Yeah. Now, now it's like we have to fully succumb to being like in our thirties, mm-hmm. <laughs> man
1: productive, kind members of the society that we want to see and be a part of.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think what's cool about growing up and, and being a punk is kind of like, you can build what that society is. Like, we, we get to have a say in what that society looks like, because we just by default exist within it. And, you know, our existence change the, changes the way it looks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and how how honoring is that even from a level where we especially have a bigger part in shaping it because people I mean, we're on a platform and people are listening to us. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. I think that that's a really big gift Um, and something that not a lot of people get to experience. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think that the punk scene is the place that I have felt the safest in my whole life and the most myself um, and able to be exactly who I am without a filter.
0: Yeah. A, um,
1: without any clothes on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Really? And, you know, and that was something I always thought was really cool about your band is like, you know, just owning your sexuality and just owning your yourself and your body and your presence and just being like if I want to wear this goddamn leotard and strut around on stage and sing songs about how I'm a big slut I'm gonna do that because that's what real feminism looks like
1: right I mean I think that we all should be able to do that if we so choose to um really storm around anywhere not just on stage
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean you know nudisty. Nudisty, <laughs> modesty.
1: <laughs> I like nudisty better.
0: Yeah, yeah, nudisty. <laughs> nudity empowers some women. Modesty empowers some women. Um, you know, and I think this also applies to people who are don't identify as women, but often get seen as women or misread as women, even. But like, um, you know, nudisty empowers god damn it nudity empowers people (laughs) modesty empowers people a mix of both can empower people but what matters is we allow and encourage um women to 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 be to be just to be you know just to be in the way that feels the most comfortable and powerful as long as you know like provided it doesn't hurt anybody else
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i really have always um enjoyed the phrase, um, do no harm, but take no shit.
0: Yes. So we, we try to keep this show like kind of conversational. So I, I, you know, I apologize for not sending you all the prompts that I usually send everybody else. Um, you know, cause I remember, you know, we were talking about doing, you know, having you on the show and it was, it just all took place over the phone cause we're homies and like, you know, but, um, so this is going to maybe feel a little bit more like a QA and a than it usually does. But, you know, it's just a conversational podcast where I have cool people on and we talk about the things that inspire us and, and you know, and why that is. And so um, I just wanted to kick it off right from the beginning. What were what were like the earliest um, musical influences that you can remember, like your first musical memories, um, maybe like as a little kid and then like as a teenager when you're sort of like finding your own music and stuff like that?
1: Hmm, that's a really great question. Um, I remember for sure the first CD I ever got with my boombox for Christmas was Backstreet Boys, so it's very important that we understand where (laughs) it all began. uh, from there, I kind of just was into like the normal stuff. I guess you're into when you're a little kid, and that's the stupid shit that's on the radio. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast?
0: Oh, absolutely! Was it was it Millennium? Was that the CD you got? Because that was the one I got.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes <laughs> amazing! That's so incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that you know um, I went through a really heavy, great Eminem phase. So that's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> And uh, then um, I really started getting into more of what you could call, and I'm doing some heavy air quotes here, alternative music um, when I started listening to Blink-182. So, um, Enema of the State, um, obviously a classic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then um, I believe I got one of those, you know, so that was probably like my pre-teenish age. Um, early teens, I got one of those like victory record compilations and it had Comeback Kid on it. Um, and that was the kind of catalyst into me getting into some harder, heavier stuff. Um, cause in addition to punk, I'm a pretty big hardcore fan as well. So those are just kind of how I started swaying into my sweet, see, Ooh, scene kid times, uh, <laughs> and um as time grew obviously we know that there's not a lot of representation um and i mean there's still not a lot it's definitely getting better but um i started to slowly realize that there were more than just white dude bands out there um and so i think that like the turn into riot girl happened really slowly probably over the last like 12 years and um still raging strong i wish i could remember where it kicked off but think influence is kind of snuck in here and there
0: yeah well that's super rad i remember um you know i have the same backstreet boys cd <laughs> yeah
1: that's
0: yeah,
1: my word spirits really that's it
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's the love of backstreet boys and honestly just like you know you and i were talking the other day just about like how uh you love reality tv and trash pop music and i totally love that so much
1: i mean i think that today We have to acknowledge the news that Kim Kardashian filed for divorce against Kanye West. And, you know, I just want Kim to be okay. Really important stuff. So, yep. Crappy reality television is pretty much my life.
0: Yeah, I'll be I'll be real, you know, uh, eat the rich, fuck them both. But I'm always happy to see Kim. I'm always happy to see like, you know, some some lady getting fed up with some like loud mouth asshole shit and just deciding to leave.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, also, I, I totally agree. Eat the rich. But also they are so lacking in self-awareness that it can't you can't help but just watch the train wreck always.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, um, those celebrities that we were all encouraged to, like, love to hate to love to hate in the 2000s, which is, you know, I'm, I'm excited to sort of talk about just pop culture in general with you because, uh, you know, there, there was a lot um, that I was thinking about um, so I just want to circle back for a second. You and I play in punk bands. We play in whatever the fuck you want to call us. I just call Plasma Canvas a rock and roll band or a punk band because like, mm-hmm. I just I play guitar and I have a lot of influences. I just do whatever I want. And y'all, you know, like, what <laughs> are y'all a punk band? Y'all a riot girl band? Are you a hardcore band? Are you just kind of like a saucy mix of the three? I,
1: I would say that we're a, a saucy mix. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very fair assessment.
0: I don't know where the word saucy came from i think it was because we were talking about like reality tv
1: i love saucy though it's such a good word it's a really good word for when you're like charming drunk yeah
0: (laughs) i am saucy tonight Oh man. Yeah, (laughs) that's totally real. Um, But so you and I play in really intense bands where we talk about really intense shit. And then I was like, Stephanie would be so cool to have on my show because what a badass, right? And then I'm like, I wonder if, you know, they're going to want to talk about, like, you know, Riot Girl, or they're going to want to talk about, like, you know, some hardcore band or, like, some, like, really rad underground shit that I don't even know of. And you were like, let's talk about Taylor fucking Swift. <laughs> and I was like, I was, that is a curveball and a half. <laughs> but knowing you as a person, it's not really at all
1: yeah you know i've been listening to taylor swift since i was a teenager she's like probably seven months older than me um so really close to our age and i remember constantly with my internalized misogyny locked and loaded when i was 19 being like how the fuck is this person the same age as me and I'm delivering pizza and she's off doing this shit, getting in fights with fucking Kanye West on stage. Um, And as I grew, I mean, but I love to sing her. Uh, I just think she's super fun. So again, there's that internalized misogyny that thankfully I grew out of. Um, But yeah i just really think that she's just evolved as a musician and as a person and definitely has uh some like white feminism issues um but i've seen her growth in that too so um and she's catchy as fuck
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i'll definitely give her that and you know you were talking about internalized misogyny and i'm just gonna call myself out real hard right now so if Jim Adkins or Brian Fallon had recorded folklore and used the exact same chord progressions and melodies I bet you a whole chunk of punk rock would be like this is the best thing ever made Mm -hmm. um you know or you know like if it was a Menzinger's record or something no shade on those artists because I love them to death but like there's so much going on with, like, the elitism and the uh, misogyny and punk rock that's just really gross and boring. But, like, um, you know, personally, it was never, like, a thing that I consciously did to avoid listening to, like, I don't know, my my music catalog has a lot of white dudes in it. And, like, I realize that from time to time, and it just bums me out, because it's just like, okay, well just because I've had really good, positive, strong connections to these records doesn't mean that I don't care about other records or, like, other Mm -hmm. types of music or anything like that. It's just, you know, there's always going to be something about, like, some gravelly drunk dude, like, reminiscing about the past that's Mm going to, like, hit me somewhere in the gut. Um, Because I spent so many years identifying along the same veins and with the same, like you know, self-imposed victimhood, you know, that I needed to deconstruct over time. But um, you know, and not gonna say that Taylor Swift doesn't do the same thing because I was listening to folklore and I'm like, okay, yeah, everyone in the world did you so wrong. But, you know <laughs> at the same time, it's a it's a great record and those themes are are found through a lot of, of, of music in general. Like, you know, people write breakup songs because they're hurt. They're, they write breakup songs because they're nostalgic and there's, like, specific memories and visual language that we use in breakup songs to, to drive the point home of how visceral it is and how, like, you know... I mean, one time I wrote a love song about a cup of coffee that had been sitting on my table for a couple of days, you know? and like it was yeah i i like you know my my girlfriend and i were having coffee and she would take the train and i would take the train back and forth um you know we would see each other and like it was one of those things it was one of those times where like we were having coffee in the morning before she got on the train to go back to her city and like when i came back from you know, dropping her off at the train station, I noticed that her cup of coffee was there and I just kind of left it there until it evaporated, which is super gross. So gross.
1: Uh, I don't think that that's... I'm, okay, it's a little gross, but also that is so romantic. And like, those are all the things that I just love about your sweetheart. Because, um, you know, that, that it's... Anybody who's done the long distance thing knows that it is really difficult. So I think that's endearing as hell.
0: Thanks. It, 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 i'm a i'm a goof uh i'm a gooshy goopy person but um you know i i think that i what i was getting at with with that kind of specific imagery is is that like you know we we write these intense uh love songs and breakup songs because because we're in a specific state where it's like simultaneously like grieving like the death of something but mm-hmm. also, like, you know, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened, and, like, remembering all of the good stuff, which also amplifies how much the bad shit sucks. Because mm-hmm. it's like, how could it be so bad when it was also so good, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and nothing, nothing hits, a, hits a good divorce like the last two uh, Taylor Swift albums, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oof.
0: I've never gone through a divorce, but, like, I can imagine.
1: I'm having a great time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I bet you are, you know, just isolating with a dog, just mm-hmm. hanging out by yourself listening to Taylor Swift in the winter time during a pandemic. I bet everything's just fucking peachy right now.
1: I actually um I feel pretty fortunate. Um again, I have a phenomenal therapist and I have um had a lot of time to read a lot of books and understand my heart a lot more and understand myself a lot more and so in all reality, it is a little tough sometimes. There aren't hard days, but I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I am in to um, be able to learn to love myself again and who I am, you know, now without expectations. So
0: that's awesome. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were like, yeah, things suck. But listen, bitch, I have a therapist and I'm reading some books and things are fine. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that,
1: you know, I just growing is always painful and uncomfortable, but it's also like big and exciting and it's just like a whole new adventure. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit screaming Taylor Swift on my floor at 2 a.m. sobbing and it's a little bit of seeing the world from a completely different new perspective. So I'm uh, I'm really grateful.
0: That's incredible and i'm 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 happy to to hear that you're in that state because you know having gone through a bunch of shitty breakups like i get it you know you have your good days and you have your bad days and you know good and bad are really lazy words to describe the experiences that happen because sometimes you can have like such a mixed bag of a day you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i remember one time i was just having the most terrible like day it was one of those times where like it's sort of that feeling where like it's like the first time you realize that the relationship is headed south and like you try to block it out but you just it's in the back of your head and like a fucking splinter and it just Mm -hmm. gets faster and i was listening to la dispute all day if that tells you how i was feeling
1: oh oh, so good so good
0: oh god i love la dispute they're just (laughs) so good for when you just want to punish yourself
1: oh yeah i think uh i mean i also feel like they have some of the most like parodyable music song structures i've ever heard i remember one time um <laughs> Jude right. posted some lyrics uh some like singing shrek essentially to <laughs> a law dispute song and i instantly knew what she was saying and it was just beautiful and <laughs> 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 to to sidetrack you i just want you to know that i support all of this no
0: no it's great uh but yeah i was like listening to a lot of and then you know just having a bummer of a day drinking coffee and chain smoking you know sitting at the denver park and then later on that night i went and saw a really badass punk rock show at the marquee and like you know a bunch of people were there and and everything was cool and uh yeah it's just kind of it all depends on sort of where where you're at in that day in that mindset and like whether or not you're open to having a good experience because sometimes a million good things can happen to you in a day but if you're not in the mood to receive them you're just gonna you're gonna have a bad day because you're just like headed down that path and you don't want to you want to take your hands off the steering wheel
1: yeah it's a uh... It's tough. I mean, you know, to to me, sometimes it's not to say that bad days don't exist um, for just people in general, but turning away from that victim mentality and just being like, oh, but I want to. I just want to be mad and miserable. Um, And yeah, I mean, but like being able to still look past that and try to continue to receive the good stuff is, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a learned practice, but we're, you know, it's part of heartbreak for sure.
0: There's no way to fast forward through it, you know, like you can't Mm -hmm. just skip ahead to like, you know, it's not like a video game where you can fast travel or just like, you know, I'm going to go to like lay in my bed in Skyrim and sleep for 12 days or something. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, that does sound nice though. But, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, every every part of it's important and choosing yourself is really hard sometimes. Um, But um, I don't know, I'd say it's one of the most worthwhile things I've ever done.
0: That's awesome. Um, so I did want to just like jump around a little bit because, you know, it's just me and you hanging out in our respective home offices. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, it.
1: It, Love it.
0: So, um, I don't know too much about like your musical background other than just like being in Cheap Perfume. So I wanted to ask, like, you know, have you ever been in any other bands? Like what, what was, uh, what were some of your experiences like just with bands in the past and like, how did, you know, Cheap Perfume end up being the thing that you ended up just being in for, for years?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, that's a great question. Uh officially i've only ever been in one band before this um it was when i was um i guess like i started when i was 17 so i went for about a year um love the majority of the people that were in the band with me um but it was a god band so that's great Um, yeah just little christian teenager stephanie um you know which is so funny because i was raised in a middle eastern religion that's a couple sex off of um, hinduism and my own rebellion in my teenagehood was to go christian um which makes total sense so i'm in this christian band it's called be that my vision it existed for a little while and i kind of just joined in uh i did keyboard violin and sang in it none of them particularly well Side of maybe the singing so yeah then i um i kind of just like you know would hop on tracks with friends here and there throughout the years but about six years ago now um i had always kind of known willow because uh i dated a guy who kind of ran in the same circle as her um, around you know when i was a teenager also and um we kind of got to hanging out again and we really love doing karaoke everybody in the band really loves karaoke Um, so we went to karaoke one night and i kind of knew that willow had been talking about starting up a punk project it has been her dream for you know half her life to have a punk project and it just kind of never came to fruition so she was starting this up we did karaoke she heard me sing, and she was just like you have to be in this band with us, Aww. which was yeah, really great. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Jeff, Dave and Willow had all been in a band previously together uh, called Abracastabia, and <laughs> they, which is a great name, obviously. Um, and I actually, my old band had played a couple shows with their old band. Um. So, just kind of funny, you know. It's a small town music scene kind of deal, but, um, yeah. So that was that was six years ago. Um, and we're still still going at it, slowly but surely. All two albums. It only takes us like three years to write one. So
0: six fucking years.
1: Yeah, it's wow. Oh, where the time went? It's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause I think um. So, all right. So like. I think the first time I ever saw cheap perfume was in shit. Um I hate to bring up this show cuz it wasn't a great night for everybody, but there was a uh, someone <laughs> somebody somebody and the blank show at the marquee and y'all were playing there and y'all were like last and I remember it was just like kind of a crappy night, but that was the first time I forgot that I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That in years oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah i think that was like i i f- i'm pretty sure that was the first time we met because i remember um i was just like so i used to do this thing where i lived in fort collins but i didn't have a car but i knew that all the punk shows were happening in denver Um, And so I would just take I would perilously just take a bus down from Fort Collins to Denver in the middle of winter with no plans to like, stay anywhere or do anything and just have, yeah, I would have like my hormones and some money and like my ID and I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. And so that's how I ended up at the marquee one night and I saw y'all playing. Um, and like, there was this headliner and like, there was just some dispute over like tickets or whatever, but this headliner, um, decided to put y'all on last and like, uh, their whole crowd left. And then, um, but I remember being like, wow, you know, that, that big band, like they were, they were cool and whatever, but like, you know, this, this band that's playing at the end to like 12 people, this is the shit. Like, I want to, I want to hang out with these people and get to know them. and um. And I remember that was the first time I, I saw y'all play. And I want to say that that was in 2016, I think. I think that yeah. was in, yeah. So I didn't know. So y'all have been a band since like, what, 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember uh, just seeing y'all and I was just like blown away. And then I, I kept seeing y'all at on different bills and stuff. And I would try to make it to those shows because they, they were always cool. But um, yeah. 2015. Six years. Goddamn. Wow. I had no idea that y'all had been together that long. That's super cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for your kind words about that show. That was, a, that was certainly a funny one. But I think that we've all had those experiences. It's not always going to go perfect. So um, all you can do is make the best out of it. And, you know, there were still 12 people and you were one of them. And it was like all kind of <laughs> meant to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great night. And, um, you know, like, it's kind of like there was this time that I went to another show and it was like a great night for me, but it was a bad night for the headliner. And, you know, uh, and it was like, I, I would bring it up. Um, uh, I brought it up a couple times, like when we ran into each other subsequently and, uh, they were like, yeah, I remember that show. Can we never, ever talk about it again. <laughs> so, oh, no. so yeah, I feel like I just did that <laughs> again, but it's, you know, that was where, that was where we met.
1: Oh, I don't mind that at all. I mean, you know, I think that the thing about being in a band and playing music at all is it's, it's so vulnerable. It's so vulnerable to be able to get up on stage and um, talk in front of a bunch of people and be awkward as fuck, um, as I usually am. And to, you know, put all of your feelings um, on the line in front of everybody. And so I think that we can agree, I have had many mortifying shows and I likely will again, but that's okay, That's, that's part of being a human.
0: I get that. I've had mortifying shows as well. There was um there was one time I played a show at this place called Just Bills in St. Louis and it's like, you know, it sounds like what it is. It's a, you know, a Budweiser bar, you know, a hole in the wall place. Yeah, a, it's a Bud Light bar that's like a little bit outside of St. Louis and yeah, not, you know, like I could have done well there pre-transition. Like I could have been like, hey, boys, I'm going to play some songs about some loves that I've had, you know, and like I could have done fine. But um, I was there in a cute dress that I got from Hot Topic with real short hair and my like, <laughs> you know, my like raspy twang. Up there singing songs <laughs> about the trans experience to like some dudes that were in a band called, like, you know, like Aftershock or something. And they're uh-huh. like in their 40s and 50s. And, um, you know, not to be ageist or anything, but they were like.
1: Maybe not so hip with the times.
0: Yeah, maybe, you know, like, the the type that would have voted for Trump, you know, there was, there, there were a lot of those in the room, I think. The type, of, like, the Iced Earth guy, that, like, the dude from Iced Earth that got caught busted at, you know, busting into the Capitol. Um, yeah, so, you know, I played a show to, like, I won't say a room full, because, you know, it was, I was terrible at promoting, and I didn't have any friends that were willing to come see me play in St. Louis, so, uh, yeah, the, I won't say a room full, but like the dudes that were there were waiting for me to leave. <laughs> oh, and Yeah, but we've all, we've all had those mortifying shows where like, you know, it's, it's like, is it safe for me to have a drink after I play? Or should I just load up real quick? and yeah, use- I just get
1: the fuck out of here? Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, ooh, that's, that's a feeling I don't miss. So maybe that's the one silver lining of the pandemic is, you know, humiliating in front of a room full of people for a while. It's been it's been a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's it's great to humiliate yourself. We all we all do it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's you know, humiliating yourself on stage is is sort of a thing. Adele, um, you know, I was talking to Abe about that. And if the audience is having a good time, then it's a good show. And if you can laugh it off, if it's something that you can laugh off while you're on stage, then you're you know, it's just part of your show. You know, it's your moment. But like, you know, if (laughs) if something happens to you on stage where the audience is no longer laughing with you, um, (laughs) that's a little harder to come back from.
1: Yep. Yep. That's yeah, that is definitely when you just run the fuck out of there. (laughs) Yeah. Bye.
0: So just to jump back to. The reason we're here, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. (laughs) So, yeah. You mentioned your internalized misogyny toward her over the years, but like, I know that she's had a lot of different, like, albums and eras and just Mm -hmm. uh, different ways of expressing what she's about. Like, she started out doing country and then there was the pop era with the, like, shake it off and stuff. And now there's, like, the more stripped down, like, let's listen to this in a dark room with candles thing going on. And Mm -hmm. so,
1: it's a good cry.
0: <laughs> as far as like where she's been in her career, like what what's your favorite Taylor Swift era slash album?
1: Ooh. Um I mean, you know, I think that for me, it really started at nineteen eighty-nine, which came out, ooh, I don't know, probably like six-ish years ago. Um Willow and I really liked that one. That was our often our warm up whenever we would, you know, be up driving to Denver, um, getting pumped up for a show. We that's what we would listen to to get our voices going. I really just enjoy where she's at now, though this deep introspective kind of work because I think it's just the most genuine version of herself. And isn't that what we want for all of us to be able to express ourselves freely and truly? So I think that, I don't know. I mean, the, the devil works hard, but Taylor Swift works harder.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was, you know, I was listening to um I was listening to folklore today and I um that that song Exile that she did with Bon Iver and uh um I I just kept thinking to myself like this reminds me of a Gaslight Anthem song called Have Mercy. And it was it was a B-side that was on their very last record. It was it was like the last song on the deluxe edition of their last record. And I always loved that song, but it's just Brian being real low key and just chill and there's like an electronic beat that's hanging out in the background but um you know as i was listening to this song and this record as a whole really i was just like wow this is this is the kind of stuff that i'm i'm really excited to hear from someone who's made such huge stadium hits you know i like to you know i'm always interested in like the honesty of what an artist is trying to do. And I feel like when you strip away a lot of really big, slick production, you're left with just, you know, sort of a different version of three chords and the truth, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great perspective. I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's something to be said too. Uh, she writes a lot of her own lyrics, which is pretty mm-hmm rare for artists of her scale yeah i mean i went i got to go see her live a couple of years ago um on her reputation tour and I, honestly it was just as good in person as i wanted it to be um so yeah it's something else i just really like her
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i think on the topic of taylor swift and also just like the larger thing that is like just pop culture and pop music and and all that stuff wrapped up in one i think you know um we were talking about like the internalized misogyny that hangs around in that and like with the whole free britney thing that's happening and, and uh the framing britney spears documentary that we've had um you know some some time to sort of process like what these interviewers were doing to these to these women back in the day like in the mid 2000s cuz um You know, I remember there was there was a lot of talk about us like, uh, you know, we we've grown so much like I, you know, I was still a, a young person at the time. But I remember, you know, everyone was like, we're not racist. Racism is bad and like be nice to women and stuff. But then, you know, we would have. The scene culture, which was, like, entrenched in misogyny and, you -hmm. know, emo culture was just the whole thing in the mid-2000s was just, like, super-duper misogynistic. Even, even like, songs like Misery Business, just, like, you know, women being misogynistic to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, like... In listening, you know, whenever you told me that you wanted to talk about Taylor Swift, uh, you know, I I have to like kind of judge my initial gut reaction because I was like, okay, I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. I've never listened to a Taylor Swift record before. And I kind of hate that about myself because like I don't, I kind of hate that I have like a gut reaction of like, oh man, you know, instead of just like, okay, I'll check that out. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and like you said, there's some white feminism issues that, that, um, that is is going on there but there's something to be said about just shamelessly loving um you know this podcast is about shamelessly loving music no matter no matter what it is because it means something to you and shamelessly loving trashy reality tv and uh you know like just very slick loud stadium rock songs and pop songs and stuff like i think that's cool
1: i mean i really love that you asked me to do this and i think that it's a really cool topic, because I think that shame is one of the most damaging things we have as human beings that we lob at ourselves, that we lob at other people. Um, Shame is a really hard subject. So when we talk about, you know, Taylor Swift having um, some like white feminism issues, she's always been an artist, though, that has been willing to grow and to work and to hear out the opinions of, um, you know, marginalized communities. And so it's not perfect, but it's growing. And I have a really hard time with the fact that in activism, shame is such a powerful tool used to incite change, but it doesn't incite change. All it does is push people further away from, you know, coming to this desired understanding that we want them to have. So all to say, you know, I think that there's a lot to think about when you see people who are growing and, you know, as we all are all the time, we're not going to be perfect. We're never going to say everything right or get it all right. But then, you know, I I love bringing this down into, you know, a music level and turning it and saying, like, I'm not going to shame myself for fucking loving this thing. Even if like other people think it's stupid, I think it's fucking great. So I just I don't know I think that this is incredible. I think it's such a great idea.
0: I'm glad that you wanted to do it because you're you're one of my my favorite people on earth and I respect you as a as a musician and a lyricist and as a person and as a friend. And I think it's I think it's fun to talk about uh, music and everything, but I'm glad that you brought up shame in activism specifically because I feel like you're totally right in that, you know, when when someone like Ted Cruz when someone like Ted Cruz bails to Cancun when his entire state is freezing and starving and can't take a shower, like, yeah, shame that motherfucker because he's a piece of shit. But like, you know, whenever someone with a, a, a following says something like really shitty and problematic or like, you know, when when someone does something unintentionally that they don't realize is like a not great thing, you got to meet them where they're at. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a member like if it's hard to give examples without sounding a little bit weird about it. But like, you know, if someone, you know, I'll use the trans community, for example, because that's me. Like if someone asks me, you know, if I'm transgendered you know, like, uh, you, you know, deep down, I'm going to be a little bit annoyed, because like, no, I'm not transgendered. That sounds like I've been transgending, or transgendering, or something. It's just grammatically weird. It also sounds a little bit like disfigured, or something like that. Like, yeah. I've, oh, no, I've been transgendered. Uh, well, it was me. But, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell that person that he's a transphobic piece of shit and he should rot in hell because he said the wrong word you know i think that like a lot of times you know in our, in our attempts to be to to do better we get lost in the yeah not not to say like high horse of it all but we don't want to meet people where they're at and if you don't meet people where they already are when they have the intention of getting to a better place How are you, how are you doing anything that's good? Like if you're just, if you've been educated on something, that means that someone took the time out to educate you and not that like, you know, I mean, I could, I could, I could tell that same guy, like, Hey, Google's free. Why don't you go look it up? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of lazy though. I don't owe that person my labor, but at the same time, like, what am I going to do to make this situation better? am i you know like am i am i just going to like chastise someone for saying the wrong thing or am i going to just like you know try to steer them in in the the right direction i think there's a lot of power in like using your skills to redirect as opposed to using your skills to shame in situations
1: absolutely and um you know i think that you bring up a really good point you're not always going to have the spoons to be able to educate people um you know and i think that i would like to believe that you know we can all only ever just do the best that we can do but you're you're totally right is that um uh, so, I will totally shout out this book that I just read recently. Um, it's really short. It's under 90 pages. It's a super easy read. Um, I think it's just incredible that everybody should have access to, um, I guess, uh, process-changing thinking like this, um, but it's called We Will Not Cancel Us. Um, it's by Adrian Marie Brown. And um, I think that some of the most powerful things that I really absorbed from that book is that... Um, You know cancel culture is really hard i i and don't get me wrong we don't have the backups in place right now to be able to move through with some of the ideas within this book so it's kind of hard to figure out without a greater community effort probably not as easy in a pandemic but where do we start but canceling people or shutting them out or pushing them away doesn't stop the harm process it just pushes it somewhere else and so again, this is sensitive. There, there's so much work to be done within communities to get to these good places where it can make sense. But I think that there's a lot of poetic kindness in imagining that there should be healers or you know, that you want healing for both people who commit harm um, and the people that were harmed. It's It's reasonable to want healing for both people or both, yeah, I mean, both persons in a situation or groups, so. It's uh it it's a lot to wrap your mind around and it's hard to figure out where to start but I do believe that you know shame shame just isn't going to get us anywhere and it's time we probably try something else.
0: Yeah, you know the concepts of like restorative versus punitive justice, you know, it's like yeah, we can we can punish people and banish them from the village but like Okay, so they go find another village Mm -hmm. like they, you know, like, you know, you you kick abusers out of our scene and then like, okay, well, where's that abuser going to go? They're going to go find another scene and like abuse more people. You know, it's I mean, I understand the concept of like we have to keep the space safe and like not, you know, not allow people who are unrepentant predators to be there. But like if someone does something that hurts someone else, it it's a lot more productive to like get that person on the right track than it is to just tell them to fuck off and never come back because you know all you're saying at that point is like I don't care what you do as long as you don't do it here so I have to deal with it like just kick it's sort of like passing the buck you know if we Whereas, like, you know, if we call in versus call out, like, sometimes if someone is using, like, a a position of, like, power or privilege or influence to be an abusive, predatory piece of shit, then, like, yeah, we'll call that person out. But whenever someone is, you know, has a a great selection of positive traits and, like, does something that's that's fucked up, you know, and we care about them still, we want to call them in and say, like, hey, Where are you at? Like, why did this happen? Where can we go from here? Like, let's get you into therapy. Let's get you talking about this. Like, it doesn't excuse what they did, but there's, you know, and I want to be real careful talking about this because it's not something that, you know, it's never, ever like making excuses for someone as to why they are the way they are. But it's like, okay, this shitty thing you've done, it's happened. Now, where do you go from here? How do you move forward? How do you like do like how do you pay respect to the harm done and ensure that it doesn't happen again like, where where do you take that as opposed to like just kicking the can down the road
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i um, i totally understand cuz it, it is it's a it's a hard line and um you know there's definitely a lot of things that you can always look at um you know and saying this explains it but it doesn't excuse it um but then you know again it's just that cutting people off completely doesn't stop the harm cycle so it's it's I think that it's something that people are starting to grasp more and more, um, and I'm excited to see as a society where we can continue to move with it. Because I mean, just as you said, you know, I mean, the prison prisons are a great example. Um, you're not actually rehabilitating people; you're putting them into a box and leaving them to rot there. Um, prisons don't disappear problems; prisons disappear people. And yeah. so, how do we, as a culture, move away from this extreme punishment? side of things into a rehabilitative kind of idea um, of getting people to be good to one another and good to the spaces that they're within.
0: I I, I love that you bring that up because you know like Abolish prisons, yes. Mm -hmm. However, what are we going to do with all the, like, super dangerous people that pose harm to others? Like, it's a very complicated question. But also, you know, like you said, prisons just put people in little boxes where they can spread COVID to each other and are confined to a small space and die. But that's a whole other issue. Mm -hmm. You know, committing a crime does not make you... It does not take away your human rights, you know. It doesn't take away your right to um to, to food and water and shelter and like being safe and not exposed mm-hmm. to pandemic. And you know, there there are so many backwards people out there that would say that it does. And I think that that's largely due to like the school to prison pipeline that exists within community mm-hmm. color. Um, you know, and a lot of a lot of times when people think of prison, they think of people of color, um, specifically black people um but like there's um there's something so fucked up about just like not caring if people in prisons die because they committed a crime like you know maybe someone's in there for like doing something brutal and evil but the person that he's sharing a cell a cell with committed like check fraud or something you know or and they did that because they were starving and trying to feed themselves or were about to become houseless or something you know so just like the the fact that you know we we treat people as if they don't exist anymore when they go to prison is is so completely fucked up and uh yeah so um i definitely think this episode is going to be called taylor swift and dot 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 activism <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I kind of love that. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, one thing, um, I want to put a trigger warning before I say this, so if anybody has any um, sensitivity to sexual assault, um, definitely maybe skip um, 30 seconds. Um, But, you know, I was uh, reading or listening to something on a podcast recently about how, um, you know, there's a facility somewhere where they take uh, sexual assault, um, I guess persons, people who have committed sexual assault, put them in the same facility together, and it's not like a prison kind of thing it's more like um like kind of a rehabilitation uh, mental mental health facility and they all hold each other accountable and like the studies coming out of this like experiment is that like so many go back out into the world and do not reoffend because they've had other people like them that they have been able to grow and heal with um To uh, again continue to hold them accountable, and so it's it's just it's wanting or hoping that we could get better social services um, available for people, so that people actually do have the opportunity to live the rest of their lives without committing these crimes anymore. Um, You know, and I mean those being like some of the more heinous ones. The other things is just you know. Making sure, like you said, people have money for food so they don't have to steal so they don't have to go to prison I mean it's there's a lot of mess to untangle there, but it's a it's certainly an interesting thing that I think people are kind of starting to wake up to um hopefully we can continue down that route,
0: yeah, and a lot of people are finding therapy now, and like you know just the the concept of of like you do something bad you go to prison is being overtaken by you do something bad why did that happen how can we like stop that from happening again let's examine that let's not excuse it and defend you in public and tell your victims that they're full of shit um because that has been a huge problem for forever and we're going to work on that too but for now let's talk about where you're at why this happened where we can go from here and uh you know that's 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 an important way to to like frame shit instead of just like, you know, cause I think a lot of it, um, I don't want to say clout chasing. I think, you know, we bring up, we bring up the, you know, I'm glad that you said the phrase cancel culture, because I think that that's a powerful two words that evokes a lot of emotion in a lot of people and, uh, you know, for better or worse. And it started with like black women using it as AEAVE and, um, you know like fuck this shit this person is cancelled and you know cause they the, they said something shitty and like we're like okay we can collectively say like fuck this asshole Um, and then you know like everything else regarding AAVE it got adopted by the larger culture and you know it spread to more like DIY scenes and punk scenes and stuff like that where we were talking about you know this person's an abuser they're an asshole we're gonna cancel them because fuck them and then you know the the dialogue around cancel culture has gotten all the way up into like Donald Trump said cancel culture and like people in the right wing are using this this phrase and weaponizing it to mean you know where like cancel culture just means consequences basically mm-hmm. like it's been so diluted and perverted you know because like it started out just being like um you know cancel culture wasn't really a thing like this person is like a total asshole so they're canceled which means like you know we're not actively taking anything from them they're just we're just saying as a community we're no longer gonna support this person um and it's sort of become a rallying cry by like the red pills
1: <laughs> yeah know,
0: to it's sort of become a rallying cry to where like if you say anything offensive they're gonna cancel you and it's like well we didn't take the food out of your mouth, you know. Like right? no one no one took your income, you know, and like your your right to a platform does not exist. Your right to a Twitter account or whatever does not exist. You know, um, y'all love the free market so much. Like right? <laughs> here it is at work. But it's uh you know, I think just the idea of whatever cancel culture started out as and what it's morphed into is just a fascinating topic because you know what it should mean is like we're not gonna we're not gonna allow assholes to to dominate the space and silence victims anymore that's what the the goal of you know the people who participate in cancel culture big air quotes right there um are trying to do but it's become this uh this dog whistle where um you know we're simply just talking about right-wingers and and like homophobic racist xenophobic transphobic assholes saying like shitty things and then people calling them out for it and saying like this person sucks um (laughs) i kind of went down a rabbit hole but (laughs) no
1: i love it i love it i think i think that these are important conversations to be had and you know, I mean, it's we're a ways off before we're going to perfect a lot of these things. But it doesn't mean that we can't start learning and striving and trying for a healthier society for everybody.
0: I absolutely agree. And uh, I think, you know, we're sort of winding into like the end of this episode because, uh, damn, we've covered a lot of ground. And I'm, yeah. I'm really.
1: I could I'm re- just sit here and talk to you all day. Like, no problem. This is great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're homies. That's what that's what we do. We're friends. And uh, you know, I I specifically like wanted to talk to people that make me feel safe for the first re first season of this show. And like, you know, you were one of those friends that I knew that I could just like have on and we could just talk about stuff. Um, but I did wanna ask real quick, um, <laughs> so I know it's hard, but what's your favorite Taylor Swift song and why?
1: Ooh, it is tricky. Hmm oh you put me on the spot hard there um i think that i could say right now it's probably um cardigan off of folklore i just think it's a sweet song um you know like those songs off of albums that are like your repeat song um Mm -hmm. that definitely that for me i mean that album came out In like the last parts of 2020 and cardigan was still my first most listened to song of 2020 which means that i spent like two months just playing that on repeat for probably every day of my whole life
0: i do specifically remember really liking that song um that's sweet yeah yeah it's a good song um I, I liked a lot of songs on that record, really. But yeah, I, I'm glad that you picked that one. That's that's a real sweet song. Um, so I think in a couple of minutes, you and I are going to step into the green room, which is uh, an excellent opportunity for me to you know, throw a corny plug in here. Hey, everyone, uh, welcome to the green room in a second. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. So just keep your pants on. But we I just want to just say a quick thank you to all the Patreons, uh, patrons who support our Patreon because you're how we do what we do. And we really, really fucking appreciate you. But um, The Green Room is a show that we do with every single guest where we talk for another, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour about whatever we want because... Um, the, this, this podcast is the show, right? And the green room is the post show that is just for everyone who wants just a little bit more out of us. And, uh, you know, the green room is where all the, all the funny, weird, random conversations happen in the rock and roll world. If you got a green room, if the Mm -hmm. show is big enough to have a green room, Mm Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, a green room backstage, you know, back alley conversations between bands is what it's all about. And I'm happy to sort of create that environment as well. So um, if you want, if you like our show, subscribe to the Patreon. We really do appreciate it. Um, And uh, yeah, I think Stephanie, Um, this has been a really rad episode of the Fanatomy podcast. And I'm excited to hang out with you in the green room
1: yeah i can't wait it's been a while since i've been to a green room so i'm uh i'm I'm ready for it
0: (laughs) right on well um i'll see you in a couple of minutes hang out uh hang out with me in the green room everybody um thank you for listening to the fanatomy podcast you're you're the 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 most wonderful humans on on earth who are the real heroes the people who watch this show as stephen colbert said (laughs) i don't know how to wrap things up so we're just gonna leave all right bye everyone bye and there you have it folks wow what a conversation i just i can't get over how much i enjoyed talking to my friend stephanie about just everything to do with why we feel the way we feel with popular music and music made by women and music made by like popular women who don't take men's shit and just Stephanie is an amazing person, and it's really cool to be able to talk to other people who just like do not give a shit about the gender binary and are just here to live their best life, empower other people, and just look kick ass and be kick ass the entire time. She's, um, you know, ever since I moved to Colorado and started seeing cheap perfume, you know, Stephanie has just been one of the most inspiring people that I've seen perform and just makes me want to step it up every time I hit the stage. So was really, really grateful to get the chance to just like sit down and talk about a bunch of stuff with them. So, uh, Stephanie, thanks so much. Please go check out cheap perfume. Everybody follow them on social media and follow us there too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it for today, folks. I hope you're all having a good time. I hope everybody's getting that second shot You know, as soon as we all get vaccinated, that's when we can start safely doing shows again. So um, everybody, please get that second shot. Please get the first shot and the second shot. Just please get vaccinated. Please take care of yourselves and each other. And uh, we'll see you in uh, a couple weeks with the next episode. Thanks so much, everyone. This is Fanatomy.